Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner. But before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsor, CompHealth. If you're a physician looking for a new job or considering locum tenens for the first time, be sure to check out CompHealth. I've worked locum tenens with CompHealth. I appreciate the personalized experience with a recruiter dedicated to my specialty who knows my needs and goals. CompHealth also offers full-time permanent jobs if you are looking for a longer-term switch. For more information, check out comphealth.com. Now today we have a very special program. My guest is Scott McDermott, and he's, he's got a long story to tell us. And I wanted him on the program because, you know, we do a lot of doctor programs, but this is going to be kind of a patient program and how a patient interacted with the healthcare system uh, ultimately very successfully, but had a long journey. And uh, Scott is going to tell us about it. Scott, welcome. Great. It's good to be here. Thanks, Andrew. Well, it really is good to be here, right? Compared to where you were. So uh, tell us that story. What happened? So I was competing in the Ultraman World Championships. So Ultraman is a triathlon. It's a three-day triathlon. It's two and a half times longer than Ironman. And so it's kind of a big event. It's a 320-mile race on the big island of Hawaii and Kona. And I had done the race a couple times before, but when I had done this one, um, I really wanted to compete. I wanted to be top five. So I was pushing really hard to, to, to achieve a good result. And on day two on the bike course, I was going about 45 miles an hour on the bike down a bit of a mountainside in the rain. And when I got onto a bridge deck, apparently there was algae on the bridge deck. I found that out later because I woke up three days later in the brain trauma unit on another island on Oahu. And I had broken my left arm in half. I, I broke the radius in three pieces. I shattered my shoulder in four pieces. I broke five ribs. I busted my knee, tore my MCL, took a chunk of cartilage out. And I, as I was flipping down the highway, my helmet wasn't done up tight enough and it spun. And I apparently flipped around and I hit my skull on the concrete curb and I broke my skull open, um, exposing my brain and had a really nasty brain injury. I had um, hemorrhaging to the frontal lobes. I had diffuse axonal scarring and tearing, and I had a point impact at the base um, just back behind my, uh, uh, behind my ear where the skull broke open. And so it was, uh, it wasn't good. I had really bad whiplash and I'd torn a big chunk of the side of my face and it was on and on. Right. So it was, it was kind of a bad deal. What do you, what's the last, you know, I, I actually, uh, for better or worse, I see patients like that almost every day at the trauma center where I work at the regional one health here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, we have a regional trauma center and they're not always, uh, ultra marathon, uh, kind of athletes, but usually car accidents is the big one. And of course, motorcycles and, and some bicycles. And one of the things that often happens is people say, I don't know what happened. Do you remember, do you remember what happened? Nope. I was talking to an athlete from Australia that I had just passed, Peter Hudson. So as I was passing him going up a hill, we slow down enough to chat for a little bit. You're not allowed to draft. So we didn't, we don't, you've got 15 seconds to pass someone. So we just chatted briefly going up the hill and I pulled ahead of him and carried on. And then I woke up and looked across a room and my best friend jumped out of a chair 
And I was like, where the hell am I? Why am I in a bed? Why does everything hurt? So, yeah, I have a chance. I did hurt. I have one I other thing. Yeah. I have one other memory, which I thought was a dream. And that was them stapling my skull plate together. And I, I would have sworn somebody had a combat boot on the side of my face and somebody had a Hilti gun on the back of my head. That's how it felt. I thought it was a dream, but I had metal things sticking out of my head. And I'm like, nope, that wasn't a dream. Wow. Okay. And this, when did all this happen? Uh, this was November in 2015. So not that long ago. Um, nope. You look pretty good now. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that doesn't work? There's a few odd things from the brain injury. Um, the, the part of my brain that was damaged the most is my ability to connect names and faces. And so that's frustrating because I used to be really good at it. I owned a 15,000 square foot gym and we had a thousand members and I knew most of them by name and that was just gone. Uh, so I'll have people that I've known for 10 years and I'll be in a conversation with them and just no idea what their name is. It's, and like, then, it's like, it's on the tip of my, I know, I know you, but the name is, uh, you know, what about new, what about new memories when you're uh, like, you meet me, for example, uh, I'm Dr. Wilner. Now, is that going to just vanish when this program's over or are you going to be able to hold on to that one? It's weak. I have to work on it. it. It takes more effort than it used to. Um, so if, if I don't reinvest in your name over the next couple of weeks or so, six months later, it won't be there. So it's, it's interesting and it's a difference, but um, you know, honestly, considering all that was wrong, I'm fine with that. Like that's, I have, I've got the metal plates were put in my arm and put on my shoulder and then taken back out again. I had knee surgery to fix the cartilage and the MCL and um, that was all fixed. And I did some therapy to get my lungs, my, my ribs to expand again so I could breathe properly. And, uh, I did a lot of neural training with, you know, the lighted pen at the different diagonals and reading the charts on the wall where it says green, yellow, blue, orange, but, but the word green is blue and the word orange is pink. And you have to say the color, not the word or verse, vice versa. And it's timed. And I had to do all those things. I had to do some cognitive retraining so that I could run without tripping and, so there was a lot of work to be done and, and I'm, I'm good now. I I'm racing again. Uh, I went back to the world championships in 2018 and completed the task. So, um, and we made a really cool documentary that's won some awards. So it's been a heck of a journey. It was three really hard years of rehab and physio and hyperbaric oxygen therapy and uh, all different things, massage, chiropractic, everything. So it was a, it was a big effort to get back to good again, but yeah, I'm doing all right. So three years of uh, recovery. Now, uh, before I forget, uh, send me the link to that film so I can put it in the uh, show notes. I think that sure. would be uh, pretty interesting. Now, yeah. if that happened to me, which is not likely because I, I can't compete really in that ultra marathon, but I could certainly see, you know, riding the bike around the, por the corner getting squashed by a you know, slipping in a puddle or getting squashed by an SUV and finding myself three days later uh, downtown, and, you know, in the ICU. I hope that I doesn't I, happen. <laughs> thank you. Yes. But I think I'd be really depressed. Mm. It's like, gee, you know, and here you were like a perfectly healthy guy, right? I mean, this was, uh, explain again what this race is. It's longer than a marath marathon or it's a 
It's uh, longer than an Ironman triathlon. So day one is a six mile open ocean swim followed by a 90 mile bike. And then day two is a 190 mile bike. And day three is a 52 and a half mile double marathon. And it's all done on the, the island of Hawaii of Kona. Um, so it's hot, it's 100 Fahrenheit and stuff like that. And there's mountains everywhere and all like that. So it's a very, very challenging race. So you uh, run 52 miles on the third day? Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So here you are able to do that, trying to win. Next thing you know, you have all these injuries that the doctor says, you know, they're these are pretty bad. You know, we think you'll recover, but we really can't tell you how well. That's what I would say. Um, how did you deal with that mentally? Yeah, that was a very difficult time, especially I had a three and a half year old and my wife and I had sold our home. We were living in a duplex because we wanted to build a house. And then there was a recession in our province in Canada, in our state. And so my business was struggling. And of course, I do all the marketing. And I ran the business with 27 staff. And so there's no marketing because I'm silent. And I honestly couldn't remember how to use a lot of the pieces of software. I couldn't remember a lot of things. I could only stay awake for about an hour and a half. And then I had to sleep for six to eight hours because of the brain injury. And it, it full on sucked. Um, but I will say, even the moment I woke up in the hospital, I knew I wanted to get back to the race again. I wanted to complete what I'd started. And I, I just thought, okay, at some point I'm going to get back to racing. And I just... I held on to that. I just clung on to that. It and it it was my anchor and and held me through all the tough times because it was tough. I almost lost my business. And my wife and I hadn't even stopped, we hadn't even finished unpacking when we went to the world championships in Kona because we thought, oh, we'll unpack when we get home. And and now I can't brush my own teeth. Like it was it was tough. Um How I just you? go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I'm I'm gonna do what I do at work and and ask some personal questions. How did your, how, how did this affect your relationship? Let me put it that way with your wife. Mm -hmm. My wife is a miracle. She's awesome. She's, uh, she's my, we call her my all time believer in her. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal lady. We've been married 30 years this summer and she's, uh, she's awesome. She was calm and just super supportive and She's just amazing. We were surrounded by some really great friends. Members of my gym came and shoveled the driveway and uh, some of them drove me to work. <laughs> it was it was good. Like I would go to work for an hour and a half and, and I would just plunk in a chair and my staff would take turns asking me questions and then they would just go take care of everything. It was I, So that was awesome. And my wife, she just was amazing. She was a rock through all of this. She was absolutely a rock. And she had to go through all of the crazy paperwork because our medical bill for for the four days in the brain trauma unit in Oahu was $185,000 and it was scary. And it was eventually covered by our, our insurance. We had, we had purchased extra race insurance for 70 bucks and it covered it, but it was a ton of paperwork and stress. And she was just amazing. She's just steady and calm. Yeah. yeah All right. Amazing. So rule number one, if you're going to have a, a tragic accident, make sure you have a supportive wife and friends who are going to help you because this must have been pretty shocking to her you know some illnesses they kind of come on and then they get worse and you you know you have some time to adapt but this is one of those things you know hey did he win no you know he's in in the ambulance right i mean it's there's no time to prepare yeah. for something like that yeah now, i'm going to take a wild guess and say that not every interaction you had with the medical system was uh, positive 
So tell me about one or two incidences that didn't go well and how you think they might have gone better. Well, I think the challenge is you need to know what questions to ask. And sometimes as patients, we don't. And we just trust, oh, I don't know, I guess they're going to do the best stuff. And But it, it's, a, it's, it's a wide spectrum. And so in Oahu, they were really concerned about my brain injury. That was the big number one concern because it was, it was bad. And um, they focused a lot on that. They didn't x-ray far enough up my arm to catch that my radius was broken in three pieces. So they told me I'd sprained my wrist. So for 13 days, I didn't know I had a broken arm. And my clavicle was shattered. And they said, oh, it'll heal on its own. But it was at a really bad angle. The bones had all, after, after time, they just sort of oozed apart. And it, it, my shoulder had dropped and it was a mess. I couldn't move it. And they, they never checked out my knee. I had a big chunk of cartilage flapped open and the, the MCL was torn. And they're actually, they repaired together in a fibrous bridge, which became a problem two years later. But uh, but it was undiagnosed and because they weren't paying attention to that stuff. They were just worried about the brain injury. And so once they realized my brain was stable enough, they sent me, they sent me free. And my wife was like, are you sure? He seems like he's kind of a mess. And they're like, well, he can stay if you want. It's $1,200 a night or whatever it was. And she was like, oh, okay. Like it, so they sent me free. So we just flew back to Kona and I just laid in our little rental unit for the next week not able to do much um and then we flew home to canada and i had just the most horrible flight home my head just screamed every you know and, and everything hurt and we got a three and a half year old who also has adhd autism and Tourette, so he's he's busy and i couldn't help plus i've got all this luggage <laughs> you know it, it was crazy it was really and you can't lift with a broken arm I couldn't help. And, you know, the airlines were great and everything, but we got home to Canada and I went and saw my regular MD and, and I just said, you know, I can't supinate or pronate this arm. Like I said, it's a sprained wrist, but it feels something's wrong. And my shoulder looks really bad. So I got x-rays and the, at the, at the hospital, they're like, Oh, you're going straight to surgery, buddy. This is a disaster. And so they took me in and they, they did surgery, put a metal plate in, uh, in my shoulder with a hook under the acromion process to hold the, the clavicle down in the right position. And she, she fixed my, my radius really greatly. And then I got meeting with a neurologist and they did a CAT scan and MRI, and then they did a deep scan and they did the, the Apoly procedure to put all the crystals back in my ear to that's explained why I was so crazy dizzy all the time. So there's crystals in your ear that do balance and I had knocked them free. And of course, so I was just, I was just crazy dizzy all the time. Anyway, so they they did a lot of stuff um, in the Canadian hospital, which was was really great. Uh, so I had really good care there. But of course, the food was terrible. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out. But uh, it was it good. Sounds like the hospital in uh, in Hawaii really did a great job with your brain, uh, but suffered a little bit from tunnel vision. You must yep. have been in a neuro ICU where was. that was their focus. And if it wasn't, you know, from coming here up, then they really weren't paying a whole lot of attention. You know, maybe that's their, their style, but it sounds like a little more coordinated care uh, would have certainly uh, benefited uh, everyone, you know, and would have made it more uh, pleasant. I still want to get back to your motivation. You said you were, you know, you just dreamed of, you know, going back and competing again, 
And it reminds me, there's a young woman, I don't know the full story, but I remember she, she was a, a dedicated surfer in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, one fine day, uh, her, her arm was chomped off by a, by a shark. And, you know, when the surfboard, you know, how you hang there with your arms out and, you know, all yeah. of a sudden one arm was gone. I think she was a, a young teenager at the time. I remember this story. Remember that story? Yeah, it was in the yeah. world news. Well, she has since gone back to competitive uh, surfing. Yeah. I mean, she did not let that, uh, you know, a lot of other people say, oh, so you want to go back and surf with the sharks? Yeah, right. No, but she did. That's what she said. I'm not going to let that, you know, get in my way. Yeah. I yeah. think that's terrific. And I wonder, you know, is that genetic? <laughs> you know, where where do you learn how to be that uh, resilient? Was it a matter of faith? You know, this is, uh, you know, Jesus is going to save me. And, you know, or did you just say, hey, I, you know, I'm just not going to sit in a wheelchair. I'm going to, you know, get back to my life. I think there's a lot of layers to it. A big piece, I think a lot of ultra endurance athletes do it for a pretty deep reason. It it fills a hole in your life that's some that's broken some other way. And actually through the journey of this, I actually discovered a lot more about that. And in, in the documentary, we talk about that. I actually went and saw a man in Germany who does something called vegetative training, where he wakes up the parasympathetic response system and the vagus nerve gets it unblocked and helps because I with all the rib damage and everything you know there was a lot of physical and emotional trauma so he helped to work through a lot of that um and we realized a lot of things a lot of ultra distance athletes and I was one of them we go out and relentlessly punish ourselves to compensate for something in life that's bothering us and it's not necessarily always healthy I was honestly trying to prove to my family that I was good enough and deserved to be loved. And if I did something really great, they would finally, they would finally see that I was worthy. And, and that's a little broken because it's not about that. They love me anyway. Like they don't, it, it was a broken need that I carried on from being a kid. So once I resolved that, then I, now I can race because it's fun and I enjoy it. But at the time I really felt that it was important to get back to that finish line, get back to racing, to prove that I was good enough and strong enough. So there was, there was definitely some pieces about it that were a bit messy, if that makes sense. Well, that's but. okay. I, I just, re I think your story is inspirational that despite all, you know, this sudden mess that you found yourself in, that you and your family were able to emerge, uh, not unscathed, but uh, okay and yeah. uh, ready to meet the world on its terms. So let's jump ahead to 2022, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the end of April, 2022. So what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's been an interesting journey. I mean, obviously 2020, the world kind of got kicked over and upside down and I shut down my gym. I had run my gym for 18 years, 15,000 square foot gym that I had built from nothing. And, uh, but I realized really quickly uh, I didn't believe for a second it was 14 days to flatten anything. I thought this is this is a long haul. We've opened a can of worms here, and uh, I, I knew I couldn't fund a 15,000 square foot empty building. I couldn't pay the mortgage. I couldn't pay all the bills, even with any government assistance, which was not government assistance was a loan, and I didn't need a loan, so I had lots of those. So we shut down my gym. I sold off all my equipment, and then it was like, well, what are you going to do with your life now? And for three months, I was kind of numb. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And I kept circling back to, 
I love to help people. I love to coach people. I'm, I'm a 24 year veteran personal trainer. I love nutrition and fitness. I love really making a difference. And so I thought, well, what would that look like online? And so I took my best program, a 21 day nutrition reset, and I, I completely retooled it to be totally online with zoom calls and daily mindset videos. And I built this, this studio so that I could record the videos at high quality and now I coach people online. I have a, a really successful 21-day program that helps people get away from inflammation, eat real food, healthy food, a balanced diet. I'm not a fan of fad diets and, well, you can't eat any carbs. You can't eat any, I don't, I'm not a fan of all that. I, I like balance. I like sensibility. So the program relies a lot on removing foods that are, that are inflammatory and working on FODMAP stuff and uh, I just have spectacular results and I get to change lives. I get to help people uh, daily and it's super rewarding. It's super fun. And I'm not working 80 to hundred hours a week in a business anymore. So I'm home for my son. Uh, it, so it's, it's levels and layers of brilliance. And I get to train. I've, my garage is now renovated. So I've got a, I've got my bike trainer and I've got a treadmill and I actually have a, an endless pool swim spa out in the yard. So I can, I can swim, bike, run within 30 feet of itself. And so so you can I've, just tell your wife, hey, I'll be back in three days. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do my race. I'll be, I'll, you a little. I'll be in the backyard on that yeah. stationary bike, you know, 90 yeah. miles. Yeah. And it's safer. No traffic. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. How, do you. how much do you exercise, say, in a, in a week? Or how do you, however you, it's kind of tabulated. Um, so I was training for the Ultraman World Championships again last year, and it got canceled again. And this year, I, because I'm writing the book based on the experience of the crash and recovery, so I think I'm at 62,000 words now. And I've committed to the publishing group to have that done this summer. So I, I just decided not to do Ultraman this year. So I'm just doing an Ironman at the end of August. So I'm training about 15 hours a week. So pretty much every day. I do a couple things. hours a day come and take a day yeah. off two to three yeah. hours a day with a you take Sunday off or take a break. Exactly. Yeah. I take Sunday off. And then every other day I'm doing one or two trainings. Some of them are longer. Some of them are shorter. That's great. That's great. Well, if you want a real challenge, I'll hire you and you can change and you can train me. <laughs> we're starting, you know, we're starting way down here. So uh, it might not be easy. Um, yeah. yeah, but I do exercise regularly, actually. I think it's, uh, it's good spiritually, you know, it makes you feel a little better. And Oh, you know. totally. Exercise is amazing. Like if you look a lot of the top drugs that people take for stress and anxiety and sleep, they all come from neural pieces that are released after exercise. Right. That you already got, that you already oh, yeah. got, you just got to activate them. That's right. They, they're on board right now. You just have to release them through exercise. And I think if people would do maybe a combination at the start, some of the medication and some exercise and eventually not the medication, just the exercise. That's, that's my, I, I think there's a point for both. Fantastic. Scott, we're, we're just about out, out of time. Tell everyone anything else you want to say and how people can uh, find you. Uh, you know, I, I just think to just keep at it, you know, Babe Ruth, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I know um, I love base. I love sports because statistics are great, but everybody knows Babe Ruth because he, he did 714 home runs and he was the 
the king of home runs for like 40 years, but people don't realize that he struck out 1500 times. He was the strikeout king too. He swung at the ball. He was willing to swing at the ball. And one of my favorite quotes is by Babe Ruth. And it says, it's hard to beat a person that never gives up. And I'm all like that. I like that. Just never give up. Keep swinging for the home run. Even if you miss, keep swinging. And that's how you get there. Michael Jordan missed the basket 51% of the time. He, he missed more than he hit. And he's the greatest basketball player. Like, so I'm just a big fan of never give up and keep, keep swinging for the fences. And do you have a website where we can learn more about your programs? Yeah. So if you go to scottyfit.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-F-I-T.com, and there's the links there to the movie, which is called Living the Warrior Code. It's free on YouTube. It's 82 minutes. It's family friendly. There's no cursing. It's, I've had six-year-olds watch it. There is a scene where I'm, you know, there's blood all over the ground and stuff and I'm being hauled into an ambulance. But for the most part, it's, it's, um, it's a good family movie. And it's like I said, it's free on YouTube. Um, and then my programs and stuff are there if you want to get a hold of me or whatever. And I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. Scott, this has been uh, really fun. I want to thank you for joining me on the Art of Medicine. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Now, before we close, I'd like to give another thanks to our sponsor, Comp Health. At Comp Health, you can talk with a recruiter who knows your specialty and will actually get to know you and your goals. Consider starting your personalized job search at comphealth.com. Again, that's comphealth.com. And thanks again to Scott McDermott. What a great inspirational story. This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on the art of medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The Art of Medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe www.andrewwilner.com